Happy Holidays, and welcome to Certain Point of Yule. Now is the season of our Christmas content, which means that we plan on watching those new Christmas movies so you don't have to. I'm Frankie. And I'm John. And today we're talking about The Princess Switch, Switched Again. I still think that title's hilarious. <laughs> it is a fairly ridiculous Just title. Just make it The Princess Switched Again. Y'all dropped the ball. It is a sequel to The Princess Switch. This sequel came out on November 19th, and it's available on Netflix. It stars Vanessa Hudgens as Margaret, Stacy, and Fiona. And that's the only person that we really need to concern ourselves with. Vanessa Hudgens is the only... Vanessa Hudgens could have done this movie by her own, playing all of the characters, and it wouldn't have really... <laughs> we All we needed is Vanessa Hudgens and whoever played uh, Mysterious Christmas Man. And Mysterious then, Christmas Man is very important. He is very important and distinctly underrepresented in this movie. He is called the Elf Man in IMDb. I love it. So to explain the premise of this movie, John, would you like to explain it? Sure. So the princesses are at it again. This time they switch places prior to Margaret's coronation so that Lady M can finally have a heart-to-heart -heart with Kevin and figure out how she feels. Shenanigans ensue when Fiona of Pembroke adds her switch to the mix in an attempt to steal a fortune from her cousin. So let's get into the good stuff. I liked the premise of yet another lookalike. It's very Xena to me. I was I was going to say, but I figured you'd get there because yep. we did mention it. I think earlier today, um, and that was one of the best things about Xena, all those filler episodes where there's just, there's someone else out there who looks exactly like Xena. And getting mistaken for a warrior princess. Yeah. Oh, so good. And they all had such different personalities. So it let Lucy Lawless um, just play like stretch her herself so much but this is not our Xena fan cast that's something we'll be starting in 2021 <laughs> you can bet your bottom dollar on that um but no that was it was a, a wonderful concept for this sequel um because otherwise like what would be where's the drama in it if they're just like switching again obviously they're going to tell their partners about their switch right I liked that they introduced an actual villain for lack of a better term yeah there were two villains <clears throat> technically and i felt that they did not really take advantage of the second villain as much as they could have no he sort of so here's what i liked about that was antonio seemed like kind of a smarmy expletive for a good part of the movie but he wasn't a villain he was just kind of rude he was a foil to kevin yes right and that's that's all he was but then like right at the end it's like, haha, heel turn. Yeah, I wish there was more, something more sinister about him, like the evil redhead in Frozen. Hans. Yeah, that guy. I, I, I get what you're saying. The thing that I like about Antonio's motivations and his casting and, and choices as a villain is that it's so very British. <laughs> it's not it's not to do a murder. It's not to steal the crown because he's going to put Fiona in the, you know, position of Margaret long term and become the king. No, he just he's the the like the youngest son. And that means he doesn't have enough money. And that's the most British thing ever ever outside of blood pudding i wish there was more to him and his ambitions i wish it was more of a no i want to be king because i served the king for all those years and i want the power that she's just gonna squander or whatever that definitely would have ramped up the narrative stakes because it's just like it's just money yeah they're they're rich 
I thought Vanessa Hudgens was very funny portraying Fiona. The character was ridiculous. Honestly, looking at her really quick in the trailers, I was like, is Lady Gaga in this? Yeah, no, because with the blonde hair, Vanessa Hudgens and the long blonde hair, which is such a different look from how she looks as Margaret or Stacy, it's very easy to not recognize her in that quick glance. Because um, I remember when we watched the trailer, you said that exact thing. Is that Lady Gaga in this movie? And we looked it up and it was not. I feel so stupid. <laughs> I had the same thought. So we're both stupid. Well, as long as I'm not alone. Nothing but girl from Ipanema up here. Other things that we liked. I like that the relationship between Stacy and Edward isn't all roses and rainbows and butterflies. They do have a strong relationship. Yes. But like any relationship, it's having growing pains. Yeah, like at the end of the first movie, their relationship seemed kind of picture perfect. And there's nothing wrong with that because it was, you know, a, it was a, a romance movie. So yes, it should end with that. But we come in on two and they're both just so busy. He's taken on more of the king's duties because he's passed away. She's doing all of this. He hasn't passed away. Oh, sorry. Different <laughs> kingdoms. Different kingdoms. Sorry. They're over in Belgravia and then there's not Montenegro. Montanaro. Montanaro. Pick a better name that's not just Montenegro. Okay. So nobody does mention that he has taken on more of yes. the king's duties. But that it's, is correct. It's a, this king is still alive. <laughs> he's still kicking. And Stacy is doing all of her charity stuff. And they just, they haven't had as much time to spend with each other as they'd like. And they've been married for two years. Two years. So yeah, like, I mean, at that point in a relationship, you can, if you don't pay attention, start to take your partner for granted. It's never an earth shattering, like, oh, they're going to break up over an issue. It's just like something they have to sit down and talk about for a half hour and then they can fix it because they're like good people who love each other. I also like that this movie highlighted the importance of talking to your partner or your prospective partner because the whole whole thing with kevin needed to be resolved with having a conversation yes the solution was they just need some time alone where they can sit and they can air out their feelings and that's exactly what they did one of the things that i like most about this movie is that while the princess switch and the princess switched again i'm never going to use its proper title are technically romantic comedies they don't fall into the classic romantic comedy trope of in the third act, we have to pull some giant, like, skydiving into the Super Bowl wearing a, like, evil Knievel costume to win our love back thing. It's just, like, just we have to have a conversation like adults. And it's delightful that that is the solution to your relationship problems because that's the solution to most relationship problems. Yeah, it's about honesty. And while it was frustrating that Stacy did not tell Edward, when he did find out, she apologized. She said, like, I was in the wrong. I should have told you. She recognized what she had done to potentially hurt him. And he was already over it. He was like, no, I understand why you did what you did. I get it. You don't have to apologize. But she still felt that she had to because she didn't want to hurt him. Yeah, Edward, you are a, you are a literal prince among men, but she does have to apologize. She, she, did, a, she did a bad because guess what? The conflict in this movie was, well, directly caused by one, Fiona being terrible, but also by a lack of communication with your partner because she told, she told Margaret, she told 
Mrs. Donatelli, she told Kevin, everyone knew what was going on except for her husband. Yeah, the Edward one who should have known. The one who was always going to run to her rescue when it broke bad. All you had to do was tell Edward and this movie is a half hour shorter. Which is probably not what they wanted. <laughs> I'm just saying, when the thesis of your movie is that communication solves your problems, don't make the problem a lack of communication. Well, that they have to make it a lack of communication to prove. You see what happens? That's, you see? You know what? Fair. 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 All, all is fair in, in love and war and in treason. Fiona, it was treason. The costuming and set design was really pretty. Oh, God. Margaret's dress in the ball scene yes. when she's dancing with Kevin. Oh, oh my. the embroidery. Oh. So beautiful. It was just, it was classy. It was elegant, but it wasn't like gaudy or ostentatious like you might expect from something set in like the Victorian era. It was just... Chef's kiss. We didn't really go a lot of places in this movie. No. We stayed mostly in the palace. We were also in uh, the old Pembroke estate. A little bit in Belgravia, but not much. A little bit in Chicago. We, we like, we dipped our toes in Chicago. But yeah. really, that's, I don't want to spend any more time in Chicago than that. It relied heavily on the set dressing for, for example, the palace. I loved the entire decorating montage. It was amazing. This movie, it was in a lot of ways smaller than The Princess Switch. I can uh, see that. And I, I don't I don't mean that in any way to be a bad thing. It just had less to deal with. The problem was smaller in a way. It wasn't a, a you know, princess who wanted to, like, finally experience. It wasn't the princess, uh, the prince and the pauper, right? It wasn't a princess who, who finally wanted to, like, experience real life and a baker who just wanted to, like, you know, chill for a few days all caught up in like the the drama of a baking contest it was just like just i i need time to talk to to talk to my man <laughs> it was a much smaller conflict and a much smaller setting and i think that made it feel a lot more intimate in like the the issues that it had to deal with yeah i like the intimacy of it i also as i mentioned before like the introduction of a villain in a way because that made this a very different story it wasn't about switching places to live a different life it was not really about the switch at all no the same way that it was in the first one the 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 switch was really just in it was the, a plot device yeah in the first one the switch was the plot but in this one it was the setup for the conflict yeah their initial switch really only lasted for like a few hours before uh stacy gets like knocked out with a chloroform rag and okay. dragged into a, a deserted shack y'all I also felt like the timeline was much more condensed. Yes. This was, it just felt so much faster. Yes. And I, I think that it was, and like they even mention it, like Antonio mentions to Fiona, like you, you knew you were never going to pull this off long term. You just wanted to, and that's why she's trying to rush the coronation so that she can get access to the funds and she can like deposit them in her account and then dip. The actor who plays Kevin is very handsome. His name is Nick Cigar. There's a point where somebody is talking or somebody mentions that Antonio is handsome. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, have you seen Kevin? Have you seen him? Yeah, like, if you have not seen this movie, just look up the, the actors who play Antonio and 
uh, Kevin. And if you disagree with us, I love you, but you're wrong. Hey, I'm sorry, Lachlan Niebuhr. I apologize if I said your name wrong. I feel worse about saying your well, name wrong. I mean, it's Dutch, so you definitely did. That is a that is a name. Sorry, man. I mean, he is he Lachlan Niebuhr is an attractive man, but he is he is a candle beside Kevin's just beautiful bonfire. Still think bonfire is a little tame for how hot Nick Cigar is. Fair. I mean, listen. <laughs> Listen, the sweatpants, though. <laughs> I understand the impulse to just stop trying when you've had a bad breakup and you're feeling kind of blah and you just want to, like, uh, with your life. But, like, you are running a bakery, sir. You cannot be coming out where your customers can see you not having shaved or taken care of yourself for a few days and wearing sweatpants. Why don't we transition into the things that we don't like going off of that? <laughs> yes. So there's really only like, I actually, I can really only think of one thing that I did not like about this movie and it's tell Edward, just tell him, just tell him from the beginning. Just tell him. I agree with that. I didn't like that Stacy was the one driving Kevin forward in the beginning. That Stacy was the one that was like, I need to convince him that he has to go to this coronation because he doesn't really know what he wants. In the previous movie, we had this mysterious man who is known as the Elf Man in IMDb. I want to know more about this man, by the way. I didn't like that they just didn't use him as much. He had one function in this movie, whereas in the first one, he was there at every turn to kind of nudge all the characters where he wanted them to be. And I felt like he should have been there from the beginning to like maybe give Stacy the idea about Kevin or like maybe he should have been the one to walk into the cupcake shop and ask him something probative about Lady Margaret. I don't know, but he should have been more involved. I get that. I think the justification for that is because, like we mentioned earlier, the first movie had a much bigger set to deal with and so many more moving parts in it. They kind of had to step in and, like, nudge people in places. But in this one, for most of it, they were just in the palace all together like right on top of each other and it would have been a little odd for him to just suddenly be in the palace like i don't know like whipping up some pancakes just being like hey go talk to your lady it's not what he sounds like he's a much he's has gravitas but like you get the point he could have been there in the very beginning in the two set pieces that we already established at the baking competition that Stacy oversees and at the cupcake shop i do agree that he was underutilized i just i get like that it, it was, there were not many places where we could, there was always going to be a, a, a drought where we went without our beloved elf man throughout like the, the middle, like three fourths of this movie. I still think that there were definitely places they could have used him. No, no, you're, you're right. I just think though that like, other than right there in the very beginning and like then in the driving scene that he was in, there wasn't really much that he could have been there for. He could have been at the Christmas concert. Mm, fair, 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 fair. I don't think Lady Margaret ever interacted with him in the first movie. He could have had a moment with her somewhere in the palace. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think he just really interacted with Stacy and Kevin and Olivia. I feel like Olivia was underutilized in yeah, this too. Yeah, more Olivia. She's so cute. She is adorable and she's great and she just loves her dad so much. There wasn't really much about this movie that I did not like. 
There were a couple of things that seemed really forced. There was a scene where Kevin was laughing and the way that he was throwing his chest out, I was just like, this is the take? This is the take we're going with? All right. Was it a scene where, I don't remember the scene exactly. It was during the montage. Oh, okay. Just the way that he was moving seemed so forced. And I'm well, like, what are you, wh- so that's, that's, what? Yeah. I mean, if he was, if he was like decorating like with Margaret and like he's trying to like put up a front. No, he was can... laughing at Olivia. Oh, then, oh, then I don't know, man. That, that's what I'm saying. Oh. <laughs> it that's could fair. not I be explained away. I didn't notice that. Um, the other thing <laughs> that I didn't like, and we kind of disagree on this, I think, because we read it a different way, is towards the end, there's a moment with Fiona where she's definitely busted. Uh, everybody knows that she tried to take Margaret's place and become the queen just so she could steal money. And she has this speech to Margaret, and it sounds very heartfelt, where she's explaining how she messed up and how she never really felt like she had a real family growing up, and how her parents hated her, and how she always just wanted to be like Margaret, because Margaret was so much better than her. And she also, she did look genuinely proud of Margaret when Margaret was standing up to Antonio. There was a flash on her where she had an expression on her face of like, dang, girl. And during this moment, which is a very nice moment, I just didn't feel that it was earned for her to receive that growth. That's fair. Um, and we, we did talk about this off mic, um, so I, I will just say it now here on mic. I did read that scene very, very differently. I get that she was, like, trying to be like, look at how I have grown as a person and exhibited introspection. But to me, it just read like she was trying to manipulate them again because it's what she was doing the entire movie. And I think that, like, the fact that she was going for unearned growth, kind of, it sold that scene better for me because of the fact that I saw it as her. like trying to manipulate them i can see that read it's just not what i got off of it it felt like a an attempt to be sincere yeah i i get that and part of it is also likely because of how like margaret reacts to it because she is such a kind and good person that like we should draw and quarter people for this fiona you got off community service you got off so light used to murder people for you got to go to the coronation with two identical police officers. But that's also another reason why I felt like it was unearned growth and not so much manipulation because she was there and the way that she was looking on at Lady Margaret receiving the crown. Yeah. Like she looked very proud. Yeah, mm. no, that scene, that scene I, I did not like because like if you had given me a scene of Fiona watching the coronation from like prison, I would have been, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's but like, or maybe forced to be present to be like rubbing her nose in it, like you didn't succeed. Yeah, ha. Her being grumpy about yes. it. Yes, but like she got to wear a nice dress and she had like a cute hat with a little veil, and then like I think she had handcuffs on. I don't remember. But then it's like, no, like you wear a gross orange jumpsuit (laughs) that no one in prison actually wears anymore. And then you watch her on TV and then we get a shot of the bar slamming in front of your face. And that's that is what you get. We get Fiona. I also wanted to see Mindy and Reggie brought to justice because they were the ones that actually hurt Stacy. Yes, they yes. And like we were told like they're in custody and they've already confessed to everything. And like, I don't know if they actually did or if they were just pulling a prisoner's dilemma on Fiona, but because I love the prisoner's dilemma so much, I'm just going to, that is my head cannon because 
I love the prisoner's dilemma so much. I think Mindy and Reggie are not smart enough to avoid capture. No, I know that they're definitely not smart enough to avoid capture. I don't think that they like had time to interview them and for them to like spill everything already. That's true. That is a valid point. Yeah, I think that they just told Fiona that like they've already confessed to everything. We know it all. And then like then she incriminates herself. That's valid. Yeah. I do wish that the reveal that Antonio was also evil had been bigger. Yeah, because it happened like at night with one priest and the prime minister. And then it's just like, yeah, he's terrible. He like he orchestrated this this whole thing. And the priest is just like, I'm so confused. And it's like, I know, buddy. Everyone's confused because they all look alike. It just seemed like he built himself up to be so smart and so cunning. And in that moment to think that you can get away with telling the guards to arrest the real Lady Margaret, pretending that she was an imposter, when the entire like family is there with her to prove the truth. Why did you think you would get away with that? See, this is one of those things that I, I actually like because, as I said earlier, it's just so phenomenally British. Because he's he's British aristocracy. He's used to the, the world going according to his whims because he's a rich white guy. And then he, he tries to play on that privilege and the assumption that like everyone's going to be so confused by the triple switch that they'll just do what he says and it doesn't work because they're smarter than him. And I loved that. I think it would have been a better reveal if Antonio had tried to turn on Fiona, realizing this isn't going to work, turns on Fiona and then Fiona reveals that he was out to betray Lady Margaret. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, that would have been fun if he tried to throw Fiona under the bus and then she's just like... And she dragged him under yeah. with her. Yeah. Judo throw under the bus with me. That would have been cool. I would have liked that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I just... I felt it could have been executed a lot better. I, I get that. I liked... I just... I loved how, how just so very, very British these conflicts were. And I know that that doesn't play well for a lot of people, but it's just... It is delightful for me to watch just rich white people get what they deserve. It's true. I do enjoy that as well. Oh, I wanted to talk about something that was wild. <laughs> This doesn't really go under a category of what I like or what I didn't to, like. It's our third category. The good, the bad, and the weird. The wild. Good, the bad, and the wild. Our D&D classes. So anyone who is a fan of these movies may be familiar with A Christmas Prince, A Royal Engagement, and A Christmas Prince, The Royal Baby. It's a trilogy of movies that I still haven't seen. I really need to sit down and watch them. But none of them came out this year, so they don't fall under the conceit of our podcast. But in all of these Netflix Christmas movies, there is this weird crossover between them. In Princess Switch, when Margaret and Kevin were watching movies together, they were watching A Christmas Prince. And then in Princess Switched Again, the royal family from A Christmas Prince was there at the coronation. This is some weird meta crossover because in the first movie, they exist as a movie. And then in the second movie, they exist. So I'm was sorry. Was it a documentary? I was just going to say, Princess Switch is the, is the conceit that you're making that A Christmas Prince is a documentary. As my wife shouts into the microphone and blows it entirely out. I do not. Uh, but yeah, I got very excited about that while we were watching. It was like, I cannot explain it right now. It will take too much. And we can't pause this movie. We're almost done with it. So... 
that was what I wanted to tell you, and that was the wild thing. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Uh, it was a pleasure to be here. <laughs> I can't think of anything else in the good or the bad category, and I don't have anything for the wild category. Nope. Okay, so then, completely arbitrary, uh, out of five tree toppers, what do you give Princess Switched again? Three and a half. It wasn't as good as the first one, and there were just things that I thought they could do better. Yeah. Then real quick, what do you give the Princess Switch? Princess Switch, I would give that a four. Okay. I I actually just, I agree with that. I know that's boring and it's not great radio, <laughs> but like, I, I agree with that. The Princess Switch was not a perfect movie, but a very good movie that had good pacing, great characters, and a good plot line. And the Princess Switched again, just, it fell a little short of that mark they could have utilized the fiona and the antonio conflicts better and they could have utilized our beloved elf man better netflix give me an elf man movie yes you i want to know so much about this man or just like you listen you can email us at you know we don't have an email we don't have an email um just <laughs> then make me an elf man movie please you have a p.o box technically <laughs> all i want for christmas is elf man i mean elf exists I know that's not the same thing. It's not. It's not even remotely <laughs> the same thing. Although Elf I'm is sorry. a delightful movie, and uh, it is. It is one of Will Ferrell's better works. I tried. Anyway, thank you for joining us for this limited run of Certain Point of View. Certain Point of View is a Certain Point of View production. Head over to certainpov.com to find a link to our Discord and join in the conversation. I'm Frankie. And I'm John. Happy holidays. We love you. Goodbye. CPOV. CertainPOV.com.